all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I'm Danielle Boer, as always. I'm your host, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you so much for listening. You all mean the world to me. Yay! Speaking of world, uh, we have so many different uh, listeners in different countries. So that's so cool. Countries I've never, ever been to, but one day I want to go. So that's exciting. Today's episode is so cool and exciting. Um, It's very interesting to me, and I can't wait to talk to this guest. It's cool. Okay, so Eleanor Wagner is an author that has written four books, three of which are based on true account hauntings. She's a podcast host and a paranormal investigator. Welcome, Eleanor. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for talking to me. This is going to be so cool. So, basically, I want to know, how old were you when you first saw, like, a spirit or a ghost or whatever? <laughs> what? How old were you? I was really young. I was between five and seven years old. I really can't wow. pinpoint the exact age, but I was living in my home in the Bronx, which was built around the 20s and it was on the main floor of the home where I had my bedroom and that's where I first saw the spirit that lived in the home with me. What did you see? Like what does it look like? Okay I was in my bed which was in the corner of the room and the doorway was to the left of me. So what I could see is out through the doorway into the living room and this tall shadow of a man because it was a shadow I didn't see him as a full-bodied apparition so to explain that to you better I did not see in bodily human form what would could mistake for a stranger I just saw a dark shadow and that's how I could see him at that time and he would walk from the living room into my bedroom door and to the edge of my bed the end of the edge of my bed and of, of course you're thinking I'm, I'm this little kid and I don't know what the heck this is. I know it's something. And it terrified me. And I would hide underneath my blanket and, and try to decide, should I get up and run to mommy and daddy's room or should I just stay under the blanket? And this would happen day and night. <laughs> and it was happening to me continuously. Some days I would choose to sneak out of my bed and run to my parents' room. Some days I would stay under the covers. 
once I actually attempted to run to my parents' home and it grabbed me. And when I say grabbed me, I don't mean in physical form, like someone would grab you. But when a spirit has that hold over you, it's more of a feeling like you're being grabbed and not let go, but you're not literally being grabbed and let go. And I would, I was let go and eventually got away, but it terrified me. And of course I would put my mother and father through this regularly and they would just tell me I was having dreams. It was a nightmare. And this went on until I was able to move into the base room, uh, basement bedroom where my sister had married and she left her room and my older sister took over her space. And now there was this room downstairs in the basement that could be mine. And I jumped at the chance to have that room down there because now I would be sleeping in pitch black darkness and not see a light and be able to see this ghost come to my room every night. Of course, I was so young and I was frightened and didn't understand what it was. And it wasn't until years later that I realized oh, he was just trying to get my attention. He knew that I could sense him, which of course a child wouldn't know unless they had a parent who understood it, who was able to nurture that in them. It could Because I do feel it's a gift when you can see, hear, or speak to spirit, but that's kind of uh, an up in the air belief with people. Some people believe, some people don't. Some people think it's a curse. Some people think it's a blessing. It could be both. So my mom really didn't understand any of it. And her interpretation of it was that it was dreams and nightmares and that I shouldn't worry about it. And I would be able to move past it. And at the time, as I got older, between the ages of like five and seven, and then up until when I was 12, I was having premonitions as well. And they would come to me in dreams. And mom would also say to me, oh, it was just a dream. It was just a dream. And then one time I had this terrifying nightmare and woke up and said, oh my gosh, mom, you'll never believe what happened. And once again, it was a dream, but then it came true. Mm. And that freaked me out, Danielle. It just put me over the edge. I thought, oh my goodness, I knew this was going to happen and I could have done something about it. Obviously I could not have done anything about it. No. I just knew it was going to happen, but you're talking to a young girl who thinks she could have done something about it. So I shut down. I didn't want to have anything to do with any of this. I was done. And it wasn't until I was 30 that it was kind of reawakened in me. And at 30, the day my dad died. And that's when he came to me and he told me that he was no longer with us. And that's when I knew, okay, all right, there's something here. You know, I, I've known it's been there. And that now I've had all these years in between, obviously, to read and to research and learn and understand and say, okay, well, I guess I do have something and maybe I should do something with it. So I really started to try and learn more and speak to like-minded people and become involved so that I could learn what it is exactly that I have and what I'm able to do. You're talking now, I have two children, I'm married, I'm raising them. So I kind of put everything aside and just really read and researched. I didn't delve into anything more. I felt like if the universe wanted me to know or they wanted me to do something, they would teach me when the time was right. So we come to about the year 2015, <clears throat> when I reconnect with a friend of mine from high school 
who tells me that he had written a book and gotten it published. Now, I've been a writer ever since I was a kid. I was inspired by my seventh grade teacher. I've always written, but I kind of stopped writing when I was a mom and raising my kids. Everything was put on hold. My first priority was my children. And when I spoke to him and he mentioned to me how he had gotten his book published, I was both joyful for him and envious all at the same time. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, just before I had my first child, I had written my first book and finished it, patted myself on the back, stuck it in a box and put it in the closet. <laughs> and here he was telling me he had his book published. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. And I'm like, I wrote a book too. And he was, what? Really? Did you get it published? And I was like, no, it's sitting in my closet. And he was like, you got to get that out of your closet and submit it to my publisher and see where it goes. Now, writers have a fear of rejection, especially if you've sent things in to publishers all over the place and gotten rejection letter after rejection letter. So there is that fear of like, oh, I'm going to get rejection again. And here I had this book baby because it really was my baby. And if I was going to send it in and get rejected, I was really going to be just devastated, I think. But I thought all these years have gone past. It was sitting in the closet. Maybe this is my moment. Maybe this is when I have to see it or else I'll have regrets that I didn't. So I took the thing out of the closet, polished it up, sent it in to his publisher. And then the rest was history because they liked it, wanted to see the rest of the manuscript. And then they ultimately published it for me. That first book, which is called Dream a Little Dream, is a psychological thriller, and it takes place in Sussex County, New Jersey, where I live. And I didn't know it then, but that was going to be the start of a whole new career for me at the age of 50, because I wrote that book, and I got it published, and I was writing my second one, that's a psychological thriller, when I totally changed course. I was at a writer's group one day and we were all talking about throwing ideas around. And I, I mean, I was already into that second book and I wasn't really looking for other ideas, but I was kind of like at a little brick wall about where I wanted to go and which direction I wanted the book to take. And then all of a sudden it was like, it came to me. Ghosts. I love ghosts. And every time I go to another state, I always go to the local bookstore and buy the local book on local hauntings. And I thought, well, I live in Sussex County and I know it's haunted because I had owned a gift shop that was haunted in an old building and it was haunted by this little old guy. And I'm thinking, people love to hear a good ghost story. You know what? Let me put some feelers out on social media and see how my neighbors respond to my idea. So I did. I put it on social media and say, hey, I'm a local author and I'm writing a book on true account hauntings in the area. If you have a ghost story and you'd like to share it, you might get inside my book. And my phone did not stop dinging for weeks, Danielle. I oh, had people wow. messaging me constantly and saying, I have a story. Now, if you were to ask this question maybe 10 years ago, people did not want to really talk about it. But now you're talking about it in the paranormal era. People are watching all these paranormal programs and they're not afraid to talk about their experiences. It's one thing to be sitting around a campfire telling a ghost story because it could just be a story. But when you're telling people, this actually happened to me, it's true. Yeah, people get ridiculed and they didn't want that. But now they're less afraid to open up about these experiences. 
And I was just blown away by the response. I started collecting folders. I thought Sussex County hauntings and other strange phenomena was going to be one book, but I was getting folders on stories all over the place in Suffolk County. I was getting stories about Pike County, Morris County, Passaic County, all the surrounding counties. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is going to be more than one book. <clears throat> so I'm writing Sussex County hauntings and other strange phenomena, book one. And actually it was supposed to be just called Sussex County hauntings. And then all these people came out of the woodwork with stories about Bigfoot and High Point State Mountain and UFOs. Now, UFOs and Bigfoot are not ghosts. Mm -hmm. so I'm thinking, how am I going to how am I going to fit this into this this book? There's such good stories. And that's why I added the other strange phenomena chapters, because I really wanted to get those stories into the book. And so Sussex County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena was written. I talk about the history of the town. If I have the history of the location, the building that it's in, I talk about that. Then I'll talk about the, the people's stories. Because now if I have somebody's story, I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to say, hey, people out there, does anybody have a story that's ghostly for this location? And then all of a sudden, all these other people go, sheesh, I was there once and I had something happen to me. So that's how I gather a bunch of different stories per chapter. And then I finish it all up with photographs. I put photographs in the book because I like people to see what they're reading about. And then if I have photo evidence, I put that in there too. And then I extend it to my website so that people who want to see even more photos of the location, or if they'd like to watch video footage or listen to audio footage or see it in color, they can go to my website and people really like to go that step further. So there you go. I have that book, talk about the landscape of the life and the spirits that live there. And so I wrote one and now I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to write Sussex County hauntings and other strange phenomena part two. And I was so glad that I ended up adding the other strange phenomena chapters because now that's opened up a whole other world of stories that I could write for people. It doesn't necessarily just have to be about Sussex County. So I was excited because now I could talk about other things where in book two, I decided to talk about when people are with their loved ones at their time of death or when people receive messages from their deceased loved ones. Those are not ghostly visitations. Those are spiritual visitations from your loved ones. They're, they've already gone through the light and they're just coming back to pay you a visit. And those visits are so poignant and uh, uplifting and faith inspiring to know that there's something else out there, but that they're always with us and they can come back whenever they want to. And so it enabled me to talk about even those little symbolic nuances that you get. If somebody says, uh, I have this feeling that that hummingbird is my mom. It's not just a feeling that that hummingbird is your mom. That's your mom saying, hey, it's me. I'm here. People see it in butterflies or dragonflies, whatever is your symbolic thought. You accept it and embrace it and know that that's your loved one saying, I'm here with you all the time. And people loved those extra stories. And now I've used those extra chapters to bring awareness to other spiritual stories, so to speak, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Like in the last book that I wrote, Warren County Hauntings and Other Strange Phenomena, I talk about near-death experiences of when people have passed away for several minutes and come back. What happened to them? Did it change their lives? And those stories are amazing as well. 
Cool. Yeah, I've seen, well, they make movies out of a lot of them, too. It's really, like, awesome, and especially when it's a child and how they explain things, because they can't explain it sometimes like an adult would. It's really fascinating. Now, how do you, do people tell you about the situations if somebody comes and visits them, or can you feel it sometimes, or how does that work? Um, do people, uh, do they all, so question. all the stories are, okay, so the stories are just stories yeah. of them experiencing the things and then they tell you about it, right? Is that correct? Right? Correct. Okay. okay. That's how, that's how I, yes, that's how I compile the stories. Somebody will come forward and say, I would really love to tell you about my experience when I was 11 in my uncle's home when I spent the night there or, um, Mrs. Wagner, I, I have this footage from my camera, my house alarm camera, and it's this weird stuff happening. I don't know what it is. Can you tell me if it's paranormal? That sort of thing. Or I, the night my dad died, this is what happened. That kind of thing. That's okay. how these people will come about and reveal their stories. As I mentioned to you, my dad, when he passed away, he was living in New York City and I was in New Jersey and I'd gotten the call the night before from my sister telling me she didn't think he was going to make the night he was suffering from cancer. But my mom, on the other hand, said, no, he's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Just come down in the morning. So here I was toying with, do I go down now? Like, I just didn't know because he'd had all these up and down episodes where we thought he wasn't going to make it and then he was okay. We thought he wasn't going to make it. He was going to be okay. So I opted to wait until the next morning to go. And I was actually driving into the city and I was in the midst of bumper to bumper traffic on the George Washington bridge on the hottest day of the summer. And I was sitting there like, I don't know if you've ever been to a drive-in movie, but you're in your car mm -hmm. watching the screen. Yeah. And that's, that's what I felt like I was. I was sitting in my car and I felt like this movie screen opened up in front of me. And all of a sudden I see my dad. And now I'm feeling his emotions, his, his anger, his regret, his sadness, his fear, he, just all of these negative emotions. And he was walking into a cloud of light. And when he got there, my husband's deceased aunt was there to greet him. And she was like, hi, Carl, good to see you. Come on over here. I have others that want to see you. And he was like, what? She's dead. Why is she telling me to come with her? Like it confused him. So he walks with her into this group of lighted beings. And that's all they really were. They were body shapes of light. And although I couldn't physically see who they were, I knew who they were. His deceased brothers, his deceased sisters, his best friend who had died the year before, his parents, they were all there. And they enveloped him. And all those negative emotions that he had when he was walking towards that light dissipated. And all of a sudden he was joyful. And my dad didn't smile that often. In fact, one of my favorite pictures on my wedding day is him with a smile from ear to ear, because it was really rare to get him smiling like that. And that is what he was doing when these people, these beings surrounded him. He had that smile from ear to ear. And it was just like, oh my goodness. And that's when I knew, right? I knew. And then they separated and moved aside for another being to come forward. And she, I could see her in body form. And she was this beautiful cherubic-like woman. 
And she went up to my dad and she embraced him. And she said, hi, daddy, it's me, Caroline. Caroline was my sister who passed away as a baby. And here she was, a full-grown woman in heaven, greeting my dad. And of course, now I'm sitting in my car in bumper-to-bumper traffic, watching this scene unfold in front of me. And literally, it was, it had to have been minutes, but it felt like a full-length movie. And I'm bawling my eyes out, Danielle. I'm hysterical crying. And, and the car next to me is just looking at me like I'm a dumbass, not even saying, uh-huh. are you okay? You know. Uh-huh. And I just was kind of like, oh my goodness. So I knew, I knew before I got to my childhood home that he was already gone. And that was, like I said to you earlier, an awakening for me because not only did I have this wonderful story to share with everyone at his wake and his funeral, but I knew that. I was able to to see things and I should really try and do something with it. And so it just felt like the universe was sending me in that direction. And I, I would know when the time was right. And when that first book got published and all of a sudden the idea of the hauntings came, I had to go with it because it just felt right. And I, I'm so glad that I did because now I've found my niche i found where i have to be because not only do i write about these true account hauntings i feel like i'm helping those spirits to be acknowledged i'm getting them the acknowledgement that they deserve and from that came the lady ghostbusters when i founded them because i had all these people coming out and saying oh can you bring your paranormal team to our home or our business and see what's going on and maybe help us out that really just fell into my lap as well i was writing a, a story on the ogdensburg Sterling Hill Mines in Ogdensburg, New Jersey, when the president of the mines had said, why don't you bring your paranormal team into the mines? There's a lot of stuff going on here I can't explain. And I I jumped at the chance to do that, but I didn't have a paranormal team. So here I was scrambling to put one together. And I kind of reached out to people that I've worked with over the years and invited people that I had interviewed that are just like you and I, who are just gifted and sensitive in some degree if they wanted to come on this adventure with me and they did and just randomly started calling them lady ghostbusters and since then i've had the team we've been together ever since and it's just continued to grow we've been going on investigations and and i have a list of things that our group strives to do and and the first thing is we're there for spirit get them acknowledged get their story told and if they want to go into the light we help them to do that Secondly, help those people who are experiencing experiment and don't understand what to do or how to handle it. And then thirdly, mentor other people like myself who are new and still learning about their gifts and what their journey stands for or what they're meant to do. And when you keep that positivity in the group, you're able to accomplish all three of those, check them off, so to speak. That's what we do and do it right. Have you, um, do you leave the New Jersey area or have you only stayed in New Jersey so far? We have. I try to, everybody comes to me because they know I'm writing a book and mm. they know that I'm writing about the general area. Yeah. So, and, and, and most of my postings really are on the local sites here. So We've kept it to this general area, but I have had people reach out to us from 
parts of New York and parts of Pennsylvania. And so we have ventured into those areas. And it's not for lack of trying or lack of wanting to do it. It's just that that's how it's worked out. And maybe that's what I've meant to do right now. But it's been primarily the counties surrounding my home where I live. The reason why I ask you that is because, <laughs> so my uh, father used to be a policeman in the town that he lived. Now they're from West Virginia and he used to play. It's so weird. I don't know if this is normal anywhere else other than West Virginia. I don't think so. But the, the policeman used to play softball and sports against the prisoners. I don't know why, <laughs> but he did. So that was their rec time. I don't know. They literally had a team and they would go play the prisoners and different sports. But anyway, strange. Uh, the prison was one street well so no let me rephrase that my aunt's house and my cousin's house my uncle's house they were one street behind the prison i'll say so uh the prison was around for a while but it was like so old i mean like 1800 1700 i don't know when it was built and so eventually they uh it's always been there but they built a new one up on a hill out of the middle of the town because people would be freaked out even though it was there forever and one time uh, actually literally my brother got thrown into a hole from my cousin that the prisoners escaped out of and my brother was like scared but the point is now that big huge brick prison that's been there for forever is now one of the biggest like haunting sites in that kind of area i mean even like close to pittsburgh because like where that is it's like so it's moundsville west virginia but it's like maybe like an hour and a half from pittsburgh an hour and some from morgantown west virginia and then like far away from everything in ohio everybody i lived in ohio and then we're like are you are you close to cleveland no four hours are you close to this no nothing you will know is where i was close to but a lot of the people that i know will go there and i don't want to go there my dad took me there when i was little because he was visiting his friends and my dad was in the military so we didn't live in west virginia like he was born and raised there my mom was born and raised in a town like 30 minutes away from that in West Virginia, but they met in that town. And plus there's, there's a, a Indian mound there and that's why it's called Moundsville. So there's a lot of spirits in Moundsville. Um, so my friends would be so excited and they're like, you gotta go. And I'm like, no, I don't. Cause I felt weird when I went in there, when I was a child, I would not go past a certain point, like literally where the door is. I would like just walk 10 steps and he would be talking to people and stuff i'm like no thanks i think i was like seven or eight i don't know how old i was but i didn't want to be in there and that's when the prison was still open though there was real prisoners in there. of course he wasn't taking us to where the the prisoners were of course and it was huge it was a huge place it looks like like bigger than downtown abbey like bigger than the castles like that's how big it was and why were you why were you afraid i don't know i just i don't know why i was afraid i just didn't want to go in there go ahead I'll tell you why 
Okay. You probably, you probably are sensitive to spirit and without even realizing it knew that you were going to sense something there and didn't want to have it because that's usually the first reaction people have is that they're afraid and they, they sense it. They don't understand it. And they're like, no, 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 no. Because like I said to you, when I was a kid, I was terrified and it wasn't until I got older that I actually realized they know I can sense them and they're trying to get my attention. So I feel maybe that you might be, and it's funny because you said that you're a nurse and I have gotten so many people in the medical field reach out to me. One of them is actually a, a, a lady goes to a team member and has been since the very beginning. She's an extremely sensitive nurse who would work the geriatric night shift. Aww. And she had a lot of stuff that she would see that happened. So you being a nurse, have you seen things? Have you sensed things? I haven't ever saw. Well, sometimes you think you saw something, but you don't think you saw something because you're like, no, but you hear things a lot and you feel things a lot. And I'm really sensitive to the moon. So when the moon is full, I know that's not a ghost thing. But when it's a full moon, I feel like, and I have goosebumps, I feel like I can feel it. So like, and crazy stuff happens in the hospital. That's what we say when it's a full moon. So I'll say like, something's weird. Like I know, and I'll, and I'm inside with no windows. I work in the recovery room. I'm like, it has to be a full moon. And most of the time it is, or it's just the sec the day after it or something or the day before it, like before it's about to be a real full moon. And so I have heard things many, many times and felt things. And I actually literally said a few weeks ago, there has to be a ghost because sometimes the monitors will go off and nobody's touching it. They will, it will show it's the creepiest thing. No offense, but to me it is, but it will show. And I've said, I mean, even a few weeks ago, I'm like, it has to be a ghost because that doesn't make sense. So there's a, like the pulse ox that goes around the finger and shows like, it shows the heart rate and the oxygen saturation rate. And they are sensitive things. Like they're, it could be touched by germs or debris or whatever. And it could make it kind of, if you don't disconnect it from the machine all the way. So the kind that at the place I work now is literally a sticky thing that goes around and touches the nail bed. But you would think if nobody's attached to it, it shouldn't do anything, but it will literally have a flat line sometimes. Sometimes it's had a number, but no, like, like waveform or no nothing, but it will say like a number or it will say like, do, and then it will say like zero. And I'm like, that shouldn't be doing that. And so, um, there are so many times that's happened and I'm like, there has to be a ghost. Sometimes it's like jokingly. But I'm always thinking that's what it is. But yeah, on night shift, you always, that's in the day. But like, I used to work in a hospital in Ohio and that's about like 30 minutes away from where I was talking about in West Virginia. My sister still lives there. Um, so I bet you my sister has seen stuff, but she's very like religious. So I don't know if she would even believe, but she's going to be here in a, um, I'm so excited. I haven't seen her in years. <laughs> I haven't seen her in years because I moved to Georgia, but she's going to be here in uh, in a month. I'm so excited. So anyways, uh, I, I'm interested in asking her because she's always lived in that town with the mound and that's where she lives. So I'm sure she's felt and seen things. But in nursing, like at night, 
I don't know why they made us do this. In Ohio, they had this one section of the hospital that I didn't even know existed that literally nothing was there. And they put the uniforms. You have to go try on and buy uniforms in that section. And it looked like <laughs> it was the cra craziest thing. I'm like, what in the world? And then, like, we, one time we had to go up there at night because we couldn't find something. And, again, I didn't even know it was there. And I worked there for two years. But it was towards the end of me working there. And they're like, I thought I saw that one time up there. And me and another person went up there. It's pitch black. It's been empty for years. And that hospital probably was built, I don't know, 1910 or something like that. And we could feel so many things and we could hear things like moving around and different things. And I was like, uh -uh, nope, <laughs> I got to get up out of here. I just can't. I don't know. So I think when people don't understand things, it's a fear. Like, it's like you don't know what can happen. So you're kind of like, uh, you know, when you don't know what to expect, I'll say, I think that's with anything. Say, for instance, you want something so bad, but you don't know what to expect. Some people are scared to go get it, you know, because they don't know what the outcome is going to be. And I think that's the same thing with if you hear or see something, but you're like, I didn't really hear or see it. Like, did I really hear or see it? Then you start to doubt and you're just like, well, no, maybe I'm, you know what I'm saying? Though that's my situation. I probably had more situations. Unfortunately, I'm the type of person that blocks out stuff. That's very bad. It's good and healthy sometimes. It's really bad sometimes. I block out things sometimes that I'm like, but I have lots of instances. It's different. Like in the car, if a song comes on, I'm like, so-and-so sent me that song. I feel like that because. Well, that's your sign. That's your, that's your, that's your loved one putting that into your mind and your heart that it's them that are, that are there. And the moon does have a connection. You weren't, you weren't certain about whether the connection the moon has to paranormal but there is an extreme connection to oh. the moon and the activity and paranormal and you definitely answered your own question because you you are clearly sensitive if you feel that moon sensation so you're just afraid of it you're afraid of it oh, okay. and it, the the woman that i was talking to about who is a nurse she has been with because you develop these wonderful connections with the seniors that you're yeah. taking care of and a lot of them don't have family that come visit them mm -hmm. and when they come to their end of lifetime it's really sad to see them be alone and so nurses are usually the last ones that that are with them and she would make these connections with these individuals and be there with them at their time of death and saw and felt a lot of different things and even though they were alone in the sense that she was the only one there with them at their time of death she realized that their deceased loved ones were coming to bring them into paradise and so they really weren't alone per se Aww. yeah that's that's, that's the sweet part yeah well, i believe i mean so i've had so many people say to me that even I think my grandma, I wasn't there, but so-and-so, like they can see a person that's not there yet and they're still alive. And so mm -hmm. that's the person waiting for them to go. Yeah. So, so yeah. many people are like, 
you know, and then sometimes you don't know people are as sick as they are or that it's their time is very soon. Sometimes you don't know. And sometimes it's tricky because so many families will say, oh, my gosh, they were getting better. But that's what happens. Like people will be very, very ill. They'll have a day or two where you're just like, oh, OK, well, you know, they're eating now or they're talking now or, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, well, but I had another look, I have goosebumps, but it was before <laughs> she passed away. People sense me or can hear me, even when people are in, I don't want to say unconscious, but even when people are sedated, they know it's me. And they've came out and told me, I heard you. And I'm like, what? And they're like, I know what you said to me. Oh my gosh. I feel like, wow. okay. So um, that's happened several times. I have this really distinctive, crazy laugh. I have a few laughs, but one of them's like, people say it crescendos. It's like, whoop. I don't know. It's, it sounds like a ghost, actually, but not on purpose. So, um, so many times people have said that to me, my friend's mom, that's what was hard with working in the ICU and the little tiny town is because I knew the people sometimes, like I was connected to their family some ways. And this one lady um, said to me, were you here on such and such date? And I'm thinking, how do you know you were, they were intubated for days, like literally on a drip, like not, you know, everything. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, I could hear you and feel you. But she couldn't talk to me, but she knew it was me. But my son's grandmother, so I was in nursing school actually, and I lived in Ohio. My son's grandmother, that was in Maryland. And, uh... So I don't want to give too much away because I'm actually going to interview a medium and I want to know if he like really knows stuff. No offense, but I want to know if he, like, I don't sure, understand, but anyway, so I, uh, okay. So my son's father, thank goodness he did this because he got, he got married without telling my kid and he was very resentful, but his grandmother was dying and he said, hey, we're going to wait to take her off of life support until you guys can come. Now, at 17, I talk about this on my first episode, I think. 17 years old, I moved into their house with his mom and dad while I was in high school. And, um, and him, of course. And then I moved out and then I had my son. But me and him had got an apartment. Whatever. He's my first kid's father. So I was very, very close with her. Even when I moved away, I was very, very close with her. She's Japanese. She's, has, she's so smart and was the best person ever. And we had a very good connection. And she used to tell me. And at this point, he now had three baby mamas is what I call it. And I'm from the north. I'm from Baltimore area. So we say baby mamas. But he had three. And he was married to the third one. But he, she would tell me all the time I was her favorite. Like, even in front of the other one, I was like, it's not nice. But she spoke her mind. So we went. So literally, I got out of school at 10 p.m. Unfortunately, I had to take all the boys with me. So they had to miss school. And they don't have the same parent, uh, dad. So I didn't have anywhere for them to go. And my husband at the time, um, no, he wasn't my husband yet. We were just together. Uh, but. I drove through the night with the kids, got to my in-law-to-be's uh, house because we're all from Maryland area, 
And then I went to, took the, the one that's related to the hospital and get in the hospital and I can't breathe. And my son's looking at me. He's like, what in the world? And I mean, I can't breathe. It's like somebody's choking me. I can't breathe. I'm like, <gasps> and he's like, the world is happening. And he's little. I mean, I think it was like eight or uh, no, no, no. He was in middle school. Maybe like 10-ish. I can't remember. So anyways, so I can't breathe. And all of a sudden, I remembered that that was the last place. I'm going to freak out and cry. That my brother, my brother took his last breath at that, at that hospital. And as soon as I realized that, it was like the air came back and I went, and then I could breathe again. So that's before we even, literally, I just walked in. I was like at the front mm -hmm. of the elevator, like a crazy person. And everybody's looking at me. Something's touching me. Like, why can't you breathe? Like, are you the patient? What's wrong with you? Go to the ER. So we go upstairs where she is. And she is on, um, she's still, she's still on, um, on the ventilator. So fast forward, all the kids, everybody says bye to her, blah, blah, blah. So of course the kids can't be in the room. When she gets extubated, the hospice nurses come. They start crying with us. It was such a good experience. Then, so we go, and I take him to my mother-in-law to be's house. So, you know, she can, you know, do, they can do that without freaking out the kids. So now she's on hospice. She goes to a different floor. She's extubated. She's breathing literally three to four breaths per minute. And I bring my son back. And it's been a few hours. And they thought she was going to pass fast. Nope, not her. Uh, she was the toughest lady in the world. Tiny, four foot something, but but tough as crap. So we're all talking. I didn't get along with her daughter, <laughs> really. Like, she was a nurse in the military, but she also had kids. And, like, I was helping raise her. And I was in high school, and her I was helping raise her baby because he would wake up in the middle of the night, and she wouldn't get him. And I would, like, mess up my school day. But anyway, so I was kind of mad at her. So anyway... At this point, everybody was, like, at peace. So there was no... And I had been gone for years. I'm not with her brother anymore. No problems. And we're all laughing and talking. And Mrs. Fry opened her eyes for the first time and looked for me. And I laughed. And she made the first sound that she has ever made. Uh, and she was trying to talk to me so she's like looking for me and trying to talk to me so I go over to her and I hold her hand and her daughter was like oh my gosh she's never made a sound or opened her eyes since she's been in the hospital for days she knows your laugh and it was like the, one of the best feelings I've ever had now unfortunately I had to leave and go back to my life and go back to school and all that stuff so I had to go back to Ohio and I didn't get to go to the memorial or anything like that. But that experience with her is right before she was about to pass was like one of the coolest and best experiences. It made me feel so special because 
why me? Like out of all the people, the people that she lived with, her family, like the ones she, her kids that she raised, her husband that's been with her for 40 something years at this point. And then she responded to me like that. It was, it was amazing. Yep. You are definitely sensitive and it's okay that you weren't there for the memorial. You were with her at the most important time and you received the message that you needed to, and she got what she needed by having you there. Mm, that's so sweet. Yeah. I'm trying not to cry. It was really, it was like so special, like extremely, like very, very much. Um, so, um, that's happening. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry for your loss with your brother. That's, that's definitely painful. Thanks. But that was also some sort of reaction you had to his passing in that moment as well. Yeah, yeah. you are sensitive. You just haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> so I was in Ohio when he passed away too. And uh, I don't want to give away too much like, again because I'm sure. interviewing that guy. But um, but I was in um, in Ohio. And so I was on my on the phone with my mom and uh, the last thing that I remember, well, she said to me, like, the doctor's coming. So I don't know why I was excited. I thought that it was going to be okay. And then um, then she told then me. That it wasn't. Yeah. When she called yeah. back and said he was gone, I was like in so denial. <laughs> like I was in shock. I was like, mm -hmm. what? Uh, but um, yeah. so. So anyway, yeah, so it's like, uh, but that was hard, um, but it, it's okay. I just feel bad. He has a daughter, you know, I mean, and she was three and a half when he passed and that's the hard part. Um, but anyway, not enough about me, uh, <laughs> but thank you for listening to me. Cause that was, I didn't understand why that happened with my, um, my son's Nana, but I was so happy that it did. That didn't scare me because she was still physically in the world. I mean, she wasn't responsive for days. I mean, nothing like not a sound, not a nothing. And so for her to actually look and try to talk to me, it was like, what the what? Like, you know, did, did you feel anything after she passed in the days after she passed? Because a lot of the times when they pass, they'll come back and give us signs in other ways. I don't remember, to be honest. I was in school and I had so much going on. Um, you probably, you you would remember. You would definitely yeah, remember no. if something happened. But. I, I don't, I don't remember something specific. But every once in a while, I'll think about her and um, like she was Buddhist. So something will come up or like one day I just thought like she used to say like, instead of pray, she would say chant, like chant, 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 when something was going wrong or whatever, or like chant, chant. So one day I just had this thought of like chant, chant, I don't know why. And I was like, what in the world? Well, there like you go. Yep. That, <laughs> yep. But, well, because she, she knows that if she says chant, you're going to know it's her. So oh that's how you, that's your little connection. So when you hear it, you know that it's her. Or if something Buddhist comes up and you think of her, that's her imprinting in your mind. Hey, it's me. Hi, I'm here. So you can know that every time those things come to you, that's that's her. That's so cool. I like that. That's thank, I love to hear that stuff. Thank you. Yeah. I'm oh, that makes me happy. Um, because again, she's not physically, she's not really related to me. But you don't Doesn't have it, to be to have a connection oh, with anybody. No, no. You know that saying: you can pick your you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Yeah. 
there you go. <laughs> a lot of my friends are my family. So, Aww. uh, so, okay. Now I went on a tangent, but everybody knows that I always do that. Have you ever been scared during an investigation or has any of the lady ghostbusters ever been scared? I personally have been, I don't consider myself nearly as gifted as some of the people on my team. Some of them can actually see here and speak to spirit. For me, I can just feel it. I call it a foofy feeling. I can go into a building and I become off balance. I call it my foofy feeling because I feel like I'm off balance. I feel like I'm drunk and I can tell if it's negative or positive. And then if I want to connect with spirit, I'll use tools. I'll use either a pendulum or dowsing rods to get yes and no answer so that's why we like to go together as a group because together all of us are piece of the puzzle and we feed off of each other with that energy and are able to really get answers because we're all there together and like i said i'm not nearly as gifted as all of them are so when we go into a situation if you have an angry spirit i do get scared because i know that i am not in control and that I don't really know exactly how to handle the situation. So I turn it over to, say, Art Peterson or Joe Cahill, who are um, older members who have had a lot of experience and especially have experience dealing with negatives and they know how to handle it. So I kind of like take a step back and am more of an observer than the um, the uh, person who's taking care of the situation. I kind of just watch and learn. I don't know that I ever want to deal with negative spirits because I'm still too afraid of that. So I'd rather them take care of it because especially Art, he's dealt with negative spirits a lot over the years. And I'd rather him take over the reins when it comes to that. But yeah, we all kind of have been in situations like that before and um we leave it to the older, more experienced members to handle the situations, and then we learn from that. So, let me ask you this. Uh, can they physically... I've watched videos that it's the only thing that makes sense is that either the person edited it and did it on purpose to, like, scam people, or it's really ghosts. Can they physically move things? I know That's like a serious question that I've always wanted to know. Absolutely, they can. I'm going to tell you, if you're watching a television program, don't believe everything that you see because it can be for entertainment purposes. From a personal, ex uh, a personal perspective and from personal experience, yes, they can move things. Yes, they can touch you and hurt you if they want to Ooh. and yes they can speak and you can hear them on uh, audio equipment so all of that is possibility and a probability wow so the you said the pendulum how does that work does it feel the energy from them or how does it move is it is it the actual spirit moving it or is it like the energy a lot of people would debate on whether it's the spirit making you move it or the spirit themselves moving it. Mm. And every spirit has a certain amount of energy. Stronger spirits have been around for a long time and have more energy than newer spirits. At, at least that's what I've been learning from my experience. I may be wrong, but that's how I've interpreted it over time. But a, a pendulum works the same way as the dowsing rods. The dowsing rods are those tools that have been used years and years for farmers to detect where water is so that they could dig their well. 
as paranormal investigators, we can use those dowsing rods to communicate with spirit. And we just tell spirit, if you cross it over like, like an X, that would be a yes answer. And if you open them wide, that's the no answer. With the pendulum, you can instruct them any way you want. The pendulum will be hanging on its mm -hmm. chain. And then there's the pendulum. And you can say, if you turn it around in a circular motion, that's yes. If you make it go back and forth like a chime on the uh, grandfather clock, then it means no. And so if you ask the question, it's able to answer you by responding in the way that you've directed it. But we usually also have video going at the same time. We usually have audio equipment going at the same time. So when we look and listen back, we usually discover things that we hadn't noticed in the moment of the investigation. Sometimes we'll stop and listen to audio right after we've recorded and hear a voice on there responding to a question that we've put out. All of that helps. And like I said, all of the positive, positive energy of the team members helps to make things more clear. Do, do you ever feel like if you've been in the negative energy situation, even if you're standing back, has that negative energy ever followed you or you felt it when you left or is it kind of just a situational thing just in the place? I've come to protect myself since, but yes, you ha you can have attachments that come with home with you. And I've learned from my mistakes. I've now protected myself with particular stones that are going to wow. protect me. I put protective oils on, I say prayers. I've saged my home, salted my home, but there have been occasions in the beginning where I've brought something home with me and it's given me night terrors, mm. which can be really scary. But when my daughter started complaining of having night terrors, that was the thing that <laughs> set me over the edge. I'm like, nope, this ain't going to happen. So I went and found out what I needed to do to protect her and, and my home. And I've since done that. So knock on wood, I haven't had anything come home with me since because I've taken the necessary precautions to keep them away from me. Oh, so speaking of that, my son had really bad night terrors, like really, really bad, like scary. Like he almost fell down the stairs so many times. Like he was, and he would say he doesn't remember what was happening though. Like he doesn't remember. And he, when he woke up and it was, it would scare the crap out of me because he was like so frightened that it was so real but I was uh, on the outside and I couldn't help him because they say, don't wake him up. Don't do this. Don't do that. But there'd be so many times where he was so scared that he was about to fall down the stairs. So I would just stand in front of the stair at the top of the stairs and make sure he wouldn't fall. And it was such a scary experience and I felt so bad. And it reminded me of, I'm just now putting the two together uh, my brother used to have night terrors so bad, too, and he had a bunk bed. And for some reason, he would sometimes sleep on the top of the bunk bed, and it, which is smaller. It was a twin and a fool. But, and my room was on the opposite, like, on the wall, but on the other wall of the bunk bed. But I would hear weird noises, and I'd go in there, and it was like he was running against the wall, like, trying to escape from whatever he was, like, seeing. 
And, um, and I was like, ah, and that reminded me, like my son was always standing up though. And like trying to leave whatever it was and screaming and scared, but it reminded me kind of like that. Those were like kind of similar things, but I used to have a dream. Now it makes me feel like it's something more. I used to have a dream every single day. It would get, well, it was like a nightmare. We'll get more and more detailed. But it didn't pertain to my mother. But the end of it would be my mom was covered in all these bumps and she would say she had cancer. But then her best friend like passed away close to that. And I was like, what the world? And she had her breast cancer came back. And I was like, I don't know. But anyway, that kind of like <laughs> made me think like what because like i'm like why am i having this i mean every night i was having this nightmare so i eventually was like my mom might just get cancer because why do i keep having this nightmare and then her friend told us and then she passed away and i was like i don't know if that has correlation because it's not the right person but it was weird mm -hmm. i don't know sounds like it, 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 it could have been it could have been so Oh boy, thanks. Okay. What are what's the wildest thing that you have ever seen or heard? Mm. On an investigation, I should say. When we got a really good audio response from a spirit, and it was like a full-blown sentence response, and we were able to share it with the family and they recognized their loved one's voice. And mm. it just was this very poignant moment for everybody that he came, he said, and he was there. <laughs> that was definitely a very, one of the high point moments of investigations in the past. But we did do the investigation I told you in the mines, mm -hmm. and that was just an extraordinary experience. Ironically enough, it was the very first investigation we ever did, and we proffered some really great evidence. I submitted it to Paranormal Court on camera, and they liked it so much they did a feature of us on their show from that event. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. And then where do you go from there if your first one was so great? You know, you're like, oh, I got to keep this up every time. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. You hope you keep on doing it. And you have yeah. some really good moments after that. And then you have some investigations that really don't have anything going on. But it just could be that they weren't in the mood to speak to us that night and if we get a chance to go back again then we do you just try and try again kind of thing that's so neat so you're uh i'm trying to think okay you kind of already said it i guess helping people because i was going to say what's your favorite thing about the paranormal uh investigation but i think you kind of already answered that by saying like it helps the spirit so is that your mm -hmm. favorite thing or? Absolutely. Helping that spirit, getting their story and get it, giving them the acknowledgement. That's the first thing we do when we go into a place that we're going to investigate. We let them know we're here for you to talk to us. If you want to, we're acknowledging you. We are telling your story. I'm going to tell your story. I'm going to write about it. And then we try and make that connection between the people who reside in that home and the spirit to get them on the same page because these people know that stuff is going on. And if they just keep on saying, leave me alone, leave me alone, or ignoring it, it's just going <laughs> to progressively get worse because they want you to acknowledge them. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So we try to get them on the same page. And if we're able to help the spirit go into the light, because I do try to explain to spirit that if you go into the light, you can come back and visit anytime that you want. But if you don't, you're stuck here. So that's another goal. And then, like I said, the mentoring part, all of us helping each other each other out and keeping up the positivity, getting rid of all the negativity. I was going to ask you that because about the, the light and being stuck there. I love the show. Oh, have you ever watched the show ghosts? Oh, the, the uh, sitcom. Yes. We've wanted to, but we haven't had a chance to yet, but I hear it's really good. <laughs> so good. So what I love, and I was going to ask you that, because in that show, they're all stuck in this house, and they all came for different reasons and different, of mm -hmm. course, time periods. And some of them, actually, it was before the house was built, but they were on that land. The property. On the yeah. property, mm -hmm. yeah. And so they were, though they're stuck to a certain like spiritual part like there's a energy that kind of sucks them back to like they can't go past but yeah her mother so her mother this guy's hilarious i'm not trying to give too much away but her mother passes away at like a restaurant or something so somehow she found out that um because she can sense you know she sees them and talks to them to the spirits so she goes to that restaurant and long and behold, there's her mother and her mother's been stuck there for so many years or whatever. And it was really cool because of course now other people can see her talking and it's hilarious because at the house, you know, it's just her and her husband. Just and her and her, right. Yeah. And so <laughs> it is so funny, but then like, um, they had a relationship where it was like, they didn't really get along or her mother was very judgmental and her husband helps kind of settle that down. And then all of a sudden her mom goes into the light at the restaurant, which is really cool. And so like, I was wanted to ask you, but you just answered that because so you're saying if they go into the, the light, then they're still allowed to come. But if they're, so going into the light is like when they're saying let go of things or, or oh, how, can you explain that a little bit? Cause I'm not explaining. It if they're stuck here, they're stuck on the earth plane. If you go into the light, you're, you're in spirit in paradise and you can come back and visit anytime you want. So, That's the easiest way to explain it. But what is it like literally like in Casper, when they say you have unfinished business and that's why you're stuck or like, why are they stuck? Like what? Okay. That's a totally different question. Okay. They could be, they could be here because they have unfinished business. They can be here because they died tragically and didn't know, and they missed that light or they're ignoring the light because they don't understand it. They could be here because something's keeping them from going to the light, a fear of some kind, or they're just got such emotional attachment to things they've that are here that they don't that they don't want to leave so it can be any number of reasons wow that's really neat and sad that they're stuck um but i agree i agree it's very sad but it's, it's neat how it works because i wasn't sure and i wasn't even sure if 
again, if the stories in TV, because it's also hilarious, you know, how accurate things are. But it sounds like... Uh, Go ahead. Have you ever have you ever watched shows? There are two shows: Ghost Whisperer and Medium. Medium, yeah. Okay, Ghost Whisperer. I don't think so. Yeah, look, try and look them up and see if you can get a hold. They are very, very good shows. I mean, obviously they're just sitcoms, but they will give you an idea of what people feel and experience who are sensitive or psychic or mediums what they can do and they're those stories are and those sitcoms are lightly based on true experiences of real mediums and psychics and sensitives and so even though it's a story to entertain you it'll give you a perspective on this is what they deal with every single day and they're both really really good shows <laughs> oh yeah um, the is the medium one um, Patricia Arquette? No, like the blonde lady. Yes. and she has the kid. Yeah. yeah, I loved that yeah. show. Of course, of course, I have to. I have to say that I was very disappointed with both those sitcoms and how they ended them off for the audience. You know how you watch a show for seven years or something, yeah. and you're waiting for that 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 ending that's like, oh, and then they screw it all up. It's kind of like that for both those shows. A huge disappointment, but just to watch the series in general, the episodes are really wonderful and great stories but yeah that's the one medium is with her and ghost whisperer is with oh who the hell what the heck is her name i want to say sarah jessica parker but that's not who it is but she Wait, i think the, the girl one? no i think she played i think she played in the scooby-doo movies yeah the, the I animated think I movies never, i think i have seen. yeah i don't know well, that's well, if you get a chance to, that yeah, that, that's another good program that would kind of give you an idea of what people that who are real in that respect, what they deal with day in day out. Oh, that's got to be hard because you yeah. can't shut it off. I mean, maybe they can learn nope. to shut it off, but I don't think they you can. Do, yes, you that you can, you can. You have to to some degree. You have to be able to just shut it down, and it, it takes a lot of years of learning, from what I understand. Wow. Yeah, because how could you? live like a what there's nothing's normal but live a sort of normal life and and yeah. not let it overwhelm you because yeah i mean there's spirits everywhere so if yeah i i don't know um think about people back in the day like back in the day who were sensitive like this they were called crazy they were institutionalized yeah. you had to just keep your mouth shut because you would be called crazy right Oh boy, that's sad. So yeah. what's like one thing that if you've learned anything from the spirits, have you learned anything from them or or from doing this? From doing this, I can say I have learned that it's really important if you have a team to be on the same page and everybody to be positive. If there's any negative entity in your group, they shouldn't be a part of it because it just is very overwhelming and stressful and really takes away from the positivity and the goal that you have set up as a group. So make sure your group is always positive, that everybody's in the group is positive, that you're all team members. Teamwork makes the dream work. And if there's anything in there that's not, set it free, let it go. And don't ever look back. Mm. I have a question that I wasn't going to ask and it just came to me. 
let me ask you this. Now, in the hospital, okay, I got this probably from the movie The Sixth Sense, but I love that movie. But in the hospital, all of a sudden, if I feel like a cold thing of air or like all of a sudden I get like a goosebump or something for no reason or something like that, like a draft, like there's no air, there's nothing going. I haven't even moved. Nothing's moving around me. I say I feel like sometimes that might be a spirit because it's just like a like a like a I don't know how to explain it. Does that sound weird? Well, it, yeah, if if it's something that you can't explain then it's probably a spirit. Okay. And my suggestion to you is to say, "Hey, I know you're here. I acknowledge your presence." Yeah, well, I'm at work, so probably people will be like, "Who the crap are you talking to?" <laughs> but I said it out loud to one You could you could whisper it. You could go to okay. and whisper and say, "You know?" Okay, because I, I feel like, so, I don't know. Like, I feel that stuff sometimes, especially, you can feel it more when it's more quiet, but in the daytime, it's crazy. There's, like, things and people going in and out of the OR and all this stuff, and so, but sometimes at night, especially if you're on call, and it's just two of you there, then you can really, like, you know, because I said, that's what happened. So I just said, I think that was less than two weeks ago. I said, it must have been a ghost in my, <laughs> so sad. It's not funny. <laughs> my friend said, yeah. She said, you know, they store bodies over there. I said, what? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> she said one night they couldn't get them to the, um, to the morgue or there was no space or whatever in the morgue. And she said, that I was going to go take a nap because there's a gap in between when you're on call um, instead of leaving the hospital and coming back in a few, you know, like an hour, then some of them go like take a break for that hour time until the 11 o'clock happens. So she said, yeah, I was about to go into the room and take a nap and it was locked. Thank goodness, because I would have walked in on a body. I'm like, what? And she was like, yeah, I was feeling really weird. And like, and I'm like, okay. So I didn't know that. But apparently <laughs> when I said that, she's like, yeah, it could be, it could be a spirit. She's like, definitely. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Especially definitely in the hospital. Could've. Unfortunately, people pass away all the time. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're going to be there for all the time Aww. you know they always say that they could well not not i don't mean that they're stuck or whatever i mean that there's always going to be spirits in a hospital because they people die there all the time so. i know that's sad okay so what is your podcast called i have two i have a pre-recorded podcast like your own which is called eleanor wagner's strange and scary world which is out of the uk paranormal network which can be reached on any place that you get your podcasts and then i have a live show called eleanor wagner's creeping it real with the coast to coast entertainment network so i've got two the one the strange and scary i talk about different paranormal anomalies with mm -hmm. people in the field and people like you and i who have experiences that they can't explain and then on the creeping it real show i bring on paranormal groups from around the world and we discuss paranormal investigations they've been on and certain evidence that they provide on clips and audio and visual pictures it's fun because you can actually see on that particular show like you're watching the program first of all i love the names 
creeping it real. Come on. That is so clever. <laughs> did you come up Thank with that you. name? I did. Yes. Yay! The first, the, the strange and scary world was suggested by my producer on Paranormal UK. Creeping it real was my own, um, <laughs> my own idea. <laughs> you can tell you're a writer because that's very witty and clever. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I would Thank just, you. I never heard of it, but I definitely want to check it out now, especially just because the name should like capture you and like hook mm -hmm. you in. Great job. Well, if you go to my, you go to my YouTube channel, Eleanor Wagner, my YouTube yeah. channel, you can watch the episodes there. You can see all the uh, evidentiary Ooh. stuff that I put on there and the book teasers, that sort of thing. That's fantastic. So I just thought of something. I don't know. It's like I'm keep getting these uh, remembering things. So let me ask you this and then I'm going to tell you a, a situation and then we'll wrap it up because I go on a tangent. I'm sorry. It's just like really fascinating and I don't talk to anybody about stuff because who do you talk to? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just going to be like, by sure. the way. Uh, like, <laughs> ah. So can animals... Animals can see stuff or sense stuff. Do you think, or am I? Oh, absolutely. Apps. Okay. They are very reactionary. Yep. In fact, if you go on my YouTube channel, you'll see a video on there of a cat reacting to a spirit. The woman insists that it's her husband's spirit, and Aww. I tend to believe her. Yeah. <laughs> so, my animals is the weirdest thing it's like they're in timeout sometimes we'll go to the corner and face the corner and stare up and mm -hmm. i'm like okay so one time sure. i think we only had we only had the two cats at the time or was it one cat i can't remember i think it was two so <laughs> this was so weird i cannot believe that i don't remember this when you asked me stuff but it wasn't at the hospital so i'm at we're at the house and it was my, um, I think it was like 16 or 17. I think it was 17, my 17 year old, um, my little one who they're 10 years apart. So she would have been seven and my boyfriend and I, I don't know the whole situation. I can't remember exactly, but I think three of us were, no, two of, I think me and my boyfriend were in the living room room dining room area it's all straight across like this like an open area and all of a sudden the chandelier starts doing this zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> and i'm like look now i'm like whoa um my hair sticking up so there's no explanation there's mm -hmm. no fan up there there's no nothing what in the hoot nanny's happening so my son, my daughter runs, and now it's been a few minutes, and it is going, and it's going, and it's going, and it's going. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So my daughter's little, and she's like, oh. and my son comes from his room, and he's like, you guys are doing that. And we're like, how are we doing that? Nobody's touching it. We don't have a string. Nobody's doing anything. And it just keeps going. And you can hear this sound, and it was just like, just rotating. Not like so fast as I'm making the noise, but it just kept doing it. So he like runs and goes in his room. I'm not calling you scared if you're listening. I'm just saying you went in your room. <laughs> and then uh, he's 19 now. You cannot call him scared. He'll be like, 
That's not true. So so then, I mean, I was kind of scared. So then we started talking and I said, I said, like, if it's my brother, then do this. And nothing really happened. And I said, um, I think I said, like, if you're a woman, do that. And then I said something about, like, slow down if whatever. And it slowed down. And I was like, ha! And then it, like, slowed down. And then... Either we said something like, I rebuke it or something, and it just stopped instantly. And it just like, and then it was done. And then it never happened again. And I wish I would have remembered when that happened, because the date might have significance or whatever to something. It could could have been your son's grandmother, too. Oh, Nana. It could have been. And now you you just told her you're... You rebuke her. Sorry. I love you, Nana. Now she's like, I've never No, so I'm trying to think if it's not the year that my grandma, because I'm very, and I don't want to give too much away, and that guy listens to this, and then he knows everything about stuff. But my grandma and I were very close. And it wasn't the year she, no, because I lived in my old house, I think. Because... I have connections with her too, I believe. And um, so I don't know if it was her. I feel like it was somebody like strong or like the message was supposed to be like something, but it was different and I didn't understand. And then we said, well, maybe somebody passed away in this house and we don't know the person, you know? Could be, Um, could be. But I didn't physically very see easily anything think. other than, well, that's physical. Uh, that's why I asked you if they can move stuff. because Oh, was, oh absolutely. Was, they can move stuff. Like, yep. I mean, it was so, it was like very strange. But anyways, but I hope I didn't rebuke Nana or anybody that I'm with. Sorry, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, but we didn't know. It was scary. It went on for like, I think 20, 30 minutes, but it felt like a whole day of it. And, and that's why I say you're probably sensitive and they were trying to get your attention because they know you're sensitive. Now so. I feel and your son, your, your, your son is sensitive too, it seems like, from what you've told me. So Aww, it, would make, it would make sense. It would make sense. Oh, that's the other son. The oldest son is the one that could, yeah, he's um the one that used to have night terrors. He's 21. He, yeah. doesn't, mm-hmm. he didn't mm-hmm. live with me. So it wasn't him. Um, no, I, me- I meant it. He's just oh, in okay. general. He's sensitive. Yeah. Oh, you know? I believe that now. That makes sense now that you're saying stuff. But uh, wow. Okay. Sorry. This is like shocking and exciting and kind of scary. But and now what if they're all like, aha, she said that she's sensitive. Now I'm going to go start messing with Danielle. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> I, have a, I just want to put this out there. I love you, spirits, but I do have a lot going on, and I'm already ADD, so <laughs> I'm already, like, all over the place. Be gentle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah be gentle, right? Oh, go, e- go, go easy on me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, um, oh boy. I didn't think I was going to laugh in this episode, but I, I always laugh. <laughs> I, I do comedy on the side, and, you know, I feel like it helps you with your traumas in your past or whatever to get you know laugh and oh sure and like La- you talked laughter about, is heal- healing it heals yeah. and having good energy i you know i believe in mm-hmm. energy so um in lots of different forms uh but so 
now we talked about so much how exciting i'm having such a good time what advice do you have for somebody maybe like somebody like me per se that <laughs> that might have some paranormal activity in their house well don't be afraid of it acknowledge it because if the more you're afraid of it and the more you say the more you ignore it especially if you're sensitive just they'll they'll try harder so just acknowledge them and be able to get along with them and it'll be fine they just want you're in their space don't forget they were there first so you're invading their territory that's that's true it's so rude no <laughs> That's right. You're being rude. I know. That's the thing I love about the show. If you ever get a chance, the show Ghost is hilarious because I don't want to give too much away, but that's the whole beginning and the premise of it in the pilot is that these ghosts want to get out. Anybody, any, what do they call them? Oh, shoot. Something bodied or whatever. Um, I can't remember what they call like the living but it's really funny and so they tried to get them out of their space so they're like we've been here for centuries and so many years or whatever and um and then they realized that she actually can help them and they can help her so it's really cool and really touching but also absolutely hilarious the characters that they have in there it's so diverse mm -hmm. and it's so awesome and uh it's really really funny but that's how it starts off is they're like no we're, we're here first get the crap out of here and then mm -hmm. when they realize that she can actually communicate with them they're like oh we're gonna take advantage of this <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like it's like a win-win you know um but it's it's really cool and um i think that you might appreciate the stuff that's like accurate because if you know, but also you might not see, here's the thing. I don't watch a lot of medical shows because when they do stuff that's wrong, it drives you bonkers. It's like, <laughs> that's not accurate, you know? Yeah. And then I'm annoying. Cause I talk about, <laughs> <laughs> don't ever watch a medical movie or something with me because I might annoy the crap out of you and you might just kick me out. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm like, no, mm -mm, that's not how that works. Nope, nope, nope. But I'm not trying to be. It's just like the, I don't know. It's just like me. That's oh, like, I don't know. I obviously know I'm not working at the time, but I just automatically do that. Um, it's weird. So let's see. Where can we find you? Like your social media or your YouTube? What channel? What's it called? I'm on everything. My website is authoreleanorwagner.com and that will connect you to everything, okay. all of the podcasts and my YouTube, but YouTube is Eleanor Wagner. I'm on Instagram, author Eleanor Wagner. I'm on LinkedIn, TikTok at Lady Ghostbuster Eleanor. Uh, let's see, Tumblr, Twitter, all of them you can find me. But like I said, if you go to authoreleanorwagner.com, you can find links to everything on there. Awesome. Well, that's so great. And if you have a really good ghost story you want to share with me, reach out to me, author Eleanor Wagner at gmail.com. Well, well, um, I would say that you could use mine, but I don't even know what happened. It was just a chandelier moving, so it's not really that intriguing or exciting. But 
if anything does happen since we invited the spirits to now be my friend there could be a story in that that's right you're <laughs> she, like, she brought it on <laughs> i know you're like she said to tim everyone and then they're like oh, <laughs> fantastic oh yeah but you know what to be honest if I know that and I'm more aware, I bet you there's a lot more that's happening that I just kind of brush off and it's normal. You know what I'm oh. saying? Like I don't pay attention to. So absolutely. Yeah. Now I'll pay more attention. I need to start writing stuff because I write too. Um, I'm writing a sitcom pilot, but not about that though. <laughs> it's about my <laughs> family and stuff. But the um <laughs> that's that would be funny. So I don't want the cat to pass away, but the the feline the, so the cat has feline dementia <laughs> and the cat's name is mrs cat benatar and so oh, that's cute <laughs> thank you it's 18 years old so if i actually do make the series eventually maybe the cat would pass away and then maybe the cat could come back and like visit the grandma <laughs> like that would be funny <laughs> so yeah I that gave me an idea. But come, but come back and visit the dementia-ridden grandmother, and then everybody will say, she's seeing a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> would be funny. And then all of a sudden, everybody else sees the cat, and they're like, oh, maybe you were wrong. <laughs> or there's just random meowing happening, and you're like, what the? <laughs> that would be silly. Okay, sorry. Oh, all right. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you for helping me. I feel like you really helped me, because I never understood some things, or... I especially the whole like thing in the hospital I kind of understood it and I thought that's what it was but it was just weird until I understood that that's where he it connected to him you know sure. that, like mm -hmm. when I couldn't breathe because I'm like what in the world and I at first I just thought it was because I was sad that she was passing away or I thought maybe she passed away at that moment and I kind of could feel that but she was still alive so but thank you for helping me. Thank you for talking to me. And thank you for making me laugh and cry. And oh, um, if you guys are keeping tabs on how many times I cried, I cried again. So <laughs> it's like a, it's like a game. So if I don't cry in an episode, it is a win. It's exciting. <laughs> but, but I cried. Um, but that's okay. It's a good cry. It's exciting. And it's um, it's cool. So anyway all right well thank you so much and everybody go check out her stuff and send her some stories and if you do tell her that you heard about her on this podcast that'll be exciting and uh not that i get credit but just so you know that you know people heard you on here thank you all right eleanor you're so awesome and I'm so glad that you have this gift and that you shared it with us. And Lady Ghostbusters is cool. You're so smart with your, and I'm going to have to read your books now, but you're so smart and clever with the names of things. I love it. It's mm -hmm. fantastic. And I would love to talk to you again later on, especially if something happens, or maybe I can talk to you on your podcast if I have an experience later on or something. That would be great. Yeah. Yay. All right. Thank you so much, Eleanor. <laughs> you have a great day and we will talk again. Thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Wow. Okay, everybody. So that was so cool and exciting. 
I know a lot of people don't believe in certain things, and that's okay. And maybe you don't know that you're experiencing something that you are experiencing until it's kind of like broken down and talked about. So that was really cool and eye-opening and emotional. Yeah. I don't know. I'm <laughs> like, I don't know. So really, really neat and exciting stuff. Please follow her. Even if you don't understand the whole paranormal thing or you're kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. Check it out. If you watch things physically that are happening, like on her YouTube, I have I looked at it a little teeny bit this morning. But if you look at that, it's like, whoa. I mean, you can kind of see the activity or when they're listening back, you can hear it. So, I don't know. I, I believe that there's spirits around. So, But, again, you don't have to agree with me or anybody. So, that's why it's called authentic points of view. Nobody has to agree with each other or believe in every single thing that the other person believes in. But just have an open mind. That's all. So, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that. I appreciate all of you. I always do. I love you guys. You're awesome. Um, reach out to Eleanor. Like I said, if you have a ghost story, watch her um, her live podcast. Listen to the other one. Watch her YouTubes. So cool. Read her books. Yay! So, and I can't say Sussex. I just said it. So silly. So I, earlier I was struggling to say Sussex. Now, um, anyway, y'all. Now, if you love my roller coaster of interviews, <laughs> how I'm just all over the place, you should tell your friends, tell your family, share with anybody that you want, coworkers, whatever. Have a listening party. Woot woot. It would be fun. Please do, okay? Because authentic points of view is for everyone, it's to help someone. To let you know you're not alone. Maybe you're seeing spirits and, and hearing from them and stuff. Or maybe you're sensitive to it. Like she says, I am. And you never knew. And now you're like, oh, that makes sense. Maybe this will help you. Um, maybe your loved one is leaving you messages. And you don't know. And maybe this will help you. So therefore, you know. And that's any episode. Hopefully you get something from every episode. That's the whole point of me doing this is to get people's stories out there uh, for their messages to be heard. Like I said, everybody's important and deserves to be heard. And that's why I do this. I love it. It means the world to me. I love talking to people and meeting new people that are so amazing. They've done so many amazing things and been through so many uh, hard times or tragic times and then to come out and and be doing great um is awesome so follow me please follow me authentic points of view podcast on instagram and facebook i have a tiktok not too much is on it yet sorry y'all uh, also, I'm not that great with social media. I'm trying to, uh, hire somebody else because I'm very far behind. And I have a YouTube, again, not too much is on there. 
And eventually I'll have a LinkedIn as well. But one step at a time. <laughs> Email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest, if you want to come, if you want to talk to me, if you have an awesome story, if you've been through some stuff and you've gotten through it or you're going through it right now, I'll talk to anybody. I love everybody. And if you're trying to help people, that would be great. Also, I'm going to start doing speaking engagements. So if you want to hire me, I promise to be more organized because <laughs> the topics won't be you know, a million topics, it'll probably be, um, kind of specific to one thing. So if you want to hire me to be a speaker or to come on your podcast, I would absolutely love to do that. I love to talk. If you can't tell you guys have a fantastic day and I will talk to you next Wednesday. And again, be kind. Thanks guys. thanks for listening to authentic points of view podcast i hope that something you heard today changes your point of view if you would like to share your views please email me at authentic points of view at gmail.com or leave a comment on facebook at authentic points of view podcast remember always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart